Hey, podcast listeners, hope you're doing well, and I hope you are winning contracts. Before we get into today's episode, I want to take a minute to share something with you that's working for our clients. Our federal access knowledge base is helping companies win contracts every single day. I regularly get emails from members thanking us and saying things like, hey, I just won a $2 million contract. Many of you have seen a video that Chris Danback shot for us at GovCon. Chris won two contracts totaling $30 million. One of our members emailed me this morning and said, the turning point that opened my eyes was using federal access to establish a professional and systematic business development and RFP process. I've now won two contracts worth $480,000. Federal access is helping a lot of companies win. It can help you too. So here's the deal. I have a special offer for you. Visit federal-access.com forward slash game changers today and get started for just $29. You're going to get access Access to a digital copy of the government sales manual, over 70 strategy videos, more than 30 webinars, 300 documents and templates, and one of my favorite pieces is SME support. So when you run into any issue, any challenge at all, you can email me directly for help. So go check out the special offer today at federal-access.com forward slash game changers. The link is in the description below the podcast. So go check that out today, federal-access.com forward slash game changers so you can get started for just $29 today. Now let's hop into this episode. Welcome to Game Changers for Government Contractors. Game Changers is dedicated to helping you position for and win more government contracts. And now your hosts, Josh and Mike. My name is Michael Lejeune. I'll be your host today on Game Changers and I want to get right into the show by welcoming our guest, Tom Skypeck. Tom is the founder and CEO of GovBizConnect. Tom, please take a minute to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what your company does. Sure, Michael. Well, thanks for having us. So GovBizConnect is the first and only professional social network which matches small and large government contractors to help them find teaming partners. We have about 400 small and large government contractors up on the website. I had worked down in D.C. for about 10 years as a government contractor and saw this as a, a problem area. Uh, and what we're doing with GovBizConnect is using data and technology to help make the teaming system more efficient. Uh, that, that, that's awesome. I, I think teaming is, is an area uh, that we're going to focus on that today as, as a main topic because we, we actually just did a survey a couple of months ago. And out of all the topics, I think we threw 30 of them out there. Teaming was the number one topic that most people want to learn more about. And I think it's mainly because people struggle with everything related to teaming. It's, you know, from finding and vetting teaming partners to negotiating teaming agreements, um, the proposal process, figuring out, you know, work percentages and ultimately, you know, executing contracts. I think those are all big challenges. And, you know, I, I spent a lot of time in D.C. and many companies have a horror story about the time they won a contract as part of a team, but never received any work. You know, that, that is absolutely, what, that's what you hear a lot. Right. And so like, how's that for the positive intro on teaming, <laughs> right? Hey, it's, it's, it's this horrible thing that a lot of people go through. So, however, all that said, I can promise you that teaming when done right is a wonderful thing. In fact, most companies win their first government contract by teaming. You know, that, that's how most of them do it as a subcontractor. So I want to get right into the basics for people, especially the people who are new to teaming. And, and Tom, this is my first question for you is 
what is teaming? Because again, when when we talk teaming, some people go, "Wait a minute, I'm I'm creating a partnership. Am I giving equity in the company? Right. What's going on?" That freaks them out too. So so what is teaming, and why do companies team when they're when they're going after federal contracts? Sure. So so teaming is is when you have two or more companies partner to bid and perform uh, work on a government contract. So there's a few different mechanisms or vehicles to team. So there's teaming agreements that are eventually codified in a subcontract. So a teaming agreement would uh, sketch out um, in a, at a pretty, pretty granular level, ideally, um, who's going to do what in terms of executing the contract. And once the work is won, that's codified in a subcontract. There's also joint ventures and partnerships. But teaming agreements and subcontracts are, are certainly the most common. Uh, it, does, it is a legal exercise, so you certainly need your, your counsel engaged. And, and there is a, a major element of negotiation to making sure the deal you get is, is right for your company. So companies team uh, largely kind of for structural reasons. So every year, the federal government sets aside about 25% of all federal contracting dollars for small businesses. Now, what this does is it creates an imperative for both small and large contractors to partner together and team. Um, but when you break it down, small businesses and large businesses, they, they do team you know, at a more tactical level for different reasons. So as you alluded to, a, a company that is just getting into the, the government contracting business, they need to build their corporate resume. They don't have past performance. So one of the best ways to do this is to partner with a more established company that helps them build their brand and build their past performance so that they're able to go out uh, down the road and uh, compete for work as a prime contractor. Similarly, the large businesses, um, I, I used to work at uh, Booz Allen Hamilton, which was a large company, and uh, we competed for a lot of work that had set-aside elements. So it was uh, good business for us to have in our portfolio uh, woman-owned, veteran-owned businesses that we knew um, did well, and, and we could go and pursue that work and, and know that we would we had a partner that we would be uh, competitive when we would put the bid in, but also that we could execute the work uh, when it was awarded. Yeah. No, I, I think that's one of the simplest answers I've ever heard to what is teaming and why do companies do it. So that that's really awesome. So how do most companies today find teaming partners or what's been your experience with that? Yeah. So this is, I, I think teaming really is kind of stuck in, in, in last century. It's, um, it's ripe for, for um, revolution really, because the way it currently happens now is you have folks going to trade shows, industry days, exchanging business cards at seminars, and they're spending lots of money to do this. Um, also, folks look on LinkedIn, and some companies may catalog who they're currently teaming with. But the system right now is pretty inefficient. It really is limited right now to people's personal Rolodexes. So what you have happen is people will try and repurpose partners for different contracts that really aren't a good fit, or they'll use the same folks just because that's all they have uh, and, and they don't really have a great way to find um, and identify good teaming partners. Um, there's over a million companies registered to do business with the federal government uh, with the System for Award Management, SAM. Uh, so, uh, of course, all of those aren't actively 
uh, winning government contracts, but they're, that's sort of your universe of who can compete for them. And when you think about that, that's an incredibly large number of companies. So even if you're the most terrific networker, um, you're just not going to be able to find and sift through all those great companies. So you're sort of relegated to the business cards you collected. And, and frankly, and I speak from you know, firsthand experience, the number of deals that I've actually seen convert based on someone I met at a, a trade show were, were, were pretty pretty limited. Um, but again, this this really is sort of the way it's still done. And when we see it as kind of a big data challenge, you need to be able to search for specific capabilities, government certifications, and get the partner that's that's a great fit because as you mentioned early on i mean a great teaming relationship is is really huge for a company i mean it can help with driving uh consistent revenue growth increasing your market share really differentiating your brand and positioning you for more um complex contracts but you know the flip side of getting into a bad teaming relationship is um, you lose current and future revenue if a pro if a contract is going very poorly and you're not executing it right let's say because you got maybe in a not so good teaming partnership you might not get an option year exercise so you're losing revenue losing market share and the big piece too is is the reputational damage uh, you need to be really careful, um, small business owners and uh, business executives, on who they elect to team with because it, it reflects on your brand and a bad teaming partnership can cost damage in, 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 in the market. Yeah, you know, I, I think that is a very important point for people to hear. I, actually, everything you said, there's, there's like three or four points, but one of them in particular is, is understanding how to manage the relationship, how to know when it's going south, how to prevent it from going south. Uh, because you could be tied to a horse, so so to speak, that's just going to bring you a, b a bad reputation, and we and we really don't want that. So it it's to your benefit to be proactive in those relationships and to scout more potential teaming partners, right? You know, and the way Sam is today, you can't just go and Google inside Sam and say, "Hey, I'm looking for a teaming partner that does X," right? Uh, Right? Yeah, I mean, you exa exactly, exactly. And, and one of the, so I was working on managing a contract when I was at Booz Allen and uh, there was a requirement for uh, a service disabled veteran owned business that had experience working with the State Department and doing weapons of mass destruction planning. So these don't grow on trees. There's a lot of good ones right. out there. But yeah, there isn't that central database or repository where you can confidently go to. Uh, type in the certifications, the capabilities and competencies, uh, and find partners. And, and you know, LinkedIn is is fantastic. I mean, I think LinkedIn sort of the tip of the iceberg when it comes to um, professional networking uh, online. Uh, but it's still very much it's individual to in individual. So what we've done at GovBizConnect is it's a business to business company set up their their profiles. They uh, communicate what capabilities, certifications, past performance, and a whole host of criteria. So Unlike when you're on LinkedIn, you're you're kind of looking at individual resumes. On when GovBizConnect, it's more the corporate resume, if you will. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, there's there's a lot of challenges in a lot of these systems. With the the biggest one being, how do I put in my requirements? Like you said, that was a very complex requirement there that you just gave us uh, of of all the different facets there that you would need to find in the exact. I would think there's probably only a handful of companies in the world that would do that. But how do you find those companies? How do you vet those companies? What do you go through? Which, you know, is really my next question is really, you know, how should companies think about teaming? Because what you're describing is not really a 
what I would call our generation is most used to doing a Google search. You know, yeah, right. you so, know, how do I Google search this? No, Google searches is more of a tactic um, and it's really not the strategy on how you should approach teaming. But some of the, some of the things you're kind of alluding to are really about the thought process and how companies should think about teaming. So what, what, are, what are some of your thoughts there on how companies should think about teaming? Right. So if your listeners walk away with one point today from this discussion, it's that teaming should be a key dimension of their business strategy. So too often, it's really an, an afterthought, sort of an 11th hour exercise. You have um, a solicitation uh, hit, hit the street and people are scrambling to build the proposal out. Uh, and people are also scrambling to to find, unfortunately, and then negotiate teaming deals. This is this is very unstrategic. Um, so my my biggest point is that it really should be key to the company's business strategy. Where which markets are they competing in? Uh, what type of work are they trying to win? Because answers to those questions should really dictate what kind of teaming partners do you need to build, and what what kind of portfolio of teaming partners. Um, do you need to, to develop relationships with? So I, I think there's, I kind of tell people that I see it as there's really four ingredients to, to uh, vetting and thinking about teaming partners. So it's alignment with your business strategy. Also the capabilities. So you want to make sure that their capabilities uh, of the prospective teaming partner are bringing something fresh to the table, right? It's going to help differentiate you, help increase your probability of winning the contract, but also when you win it, uh, hopefully, and, and get to the execution stage, that it really is going to help um, deliver it in a way that leaves the government customer with a high level of satisfaction. Um, and again, that just sets you up to win more work. And the other piece is due diligence. So uh, again, financial, operational, um, you want to make sure that uh, they have some sort of track record that you can verify they're in, in good credit standing. They don't have significant uh, legal uh, actions. And now, again, there's not a terrific way to do this right now. So it's once you identify the partner, then you sort of um, need to think through these dimensions. And the last one, and one of the most important, is, is culture. So on paper, you could find a teaming partner that meets your requirements looks really terrific. But every corporate culture is very different. And some corporate cultures just do not mix. Um, and, and that's where I've seen kind of the, the nasty side of teaming, where you have um, uh, one company who maybe treats its employees very well. They're you know top marks when it comes to employee engagement. They really believe in investing in people. And another company who who really just sees them as uh, you know vehicles to, to to win work aren't really investing in their careers. Um, so trying to understand that corporate culture piece is really important. And I, those are the the four ingredients that I really see is the business strategy alignment, capabilities alignment, due diligence, and making sure that there's a cultural fit as well. No, I I think those are super important. And and when I think about the the first one there alignment with business strategy and capabilities I, I think that is the main focus for a lot of people like does this align with what we're trying to do here but they 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 boil it down to on this contract yes <laughs> and, and that's where it excludes the value of of really looking at business strategy overall and not just business strategy for this particular contract i i almost relate the small business government contractor strategy to a bad 80s movie. You know, it, 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 it's like, I don't know if you've ever seen any of these bad 80s movies where 
you know, dream boyfriend, dream girlfriend are getting ready to go to the prom. It's two weeks out. They break up. Both of them need a date. What do you do? And that's the premise of the whole movie. And and that seems to be like, okay, now it's time to look for a date for the movie. And and it seems like that is how or that is the strategy that a lot of these guys use is, okay, something hit the street. Now we need a date for the prom. Yeah, no, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I think it's they're looking at it very tactically uh, at a contract level. And what they really need to do when I say business strategy, I mean, zoom out uh, and, and look at the mar- market in its entirety and you know have the business say, OK, I want to compete in this area and deliver these capabilities. And, and then the contracts follow. But I, I agree. I mean, and that's another area where you see problems arise is because people aren't thinking of it strategically. Um, it sort of becomes a, a reaction. Again, the proposal, uh, you know, the solicitation hits the street and folks start building out the proposal and they're scrambling at the 11th hour trying to find a teaming partner. Um, and, you know, anybody that's ever worked on a proposal, it's it's a pretty hectic time and you're being pulled in a lot of different directions. So negotiating a deal to sort of hitch your star to another company um, when you when you're trying to worry about very detailed compliance with a proposal, you want to start to build these relationships out in advance. And, and a good uh, business development team is going to be thinking about this at a more strategic forty thousand foot level. Yeah, no, that's perfect. And you know, as as we start to talk about some of the game changers, the action steps people can take, I think one of the game changers out of this interview is the best time to look for a teaming partner is well in advance of of anything that hits the street you know it's you know when you're working on your strategy and things like that who do we want to hitch ourselves to who do we want to be aligned to and you'll get to that by understanding where do we want to compete that's exactly what you said where do we want to compete where do we want to focus because you answer those questions then you can go you can go pull some reports and different things and figure out, okay, we want to, we want to focus on department of the Navy and we want to focus in this area and we want to sell this service. Okay. Well, who are the top sellers in there? Who are the people that, you know, have been struggling to win contracts in that area that we could make competitive? I mean, there's a lot of questions you can ask yourself. um, And a a lot of our clients use FPDS and different systems and things like that to, to figure out some of the propensity of what has happened which doesn't necessarily tell you what's going to happen. But but being able to answer some of those questions or even ask some of those questions, I guess, is a really great place to start months before so that you can actually create a relationship. Now, it kind of brings me to a difficult spot, though. So, you know, a lot of people will reach out to people. Let's, let's say it's a Booz Allen. Hey, you know, Booz Allen, we'd love to work with you guys, but we don't have an opportunity. I mean, does, does that really put you at a disadvantage six months out or with no opportunity? I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that when, when you don't have one? But yeah, you, sure. But you know you no, want to work with that guy. Right, exactly. No, that's a great point. And, and I, I agree with you 110%. I mean, it, building these relationships, identifying teaming partners needs to be an ongoing process because every new connection you meet might be a great teaming partner. So in terms of um, st- strategies for approaching folks when you don't have uh, a firm contract in mind. Um, I, you know, I think it goes back to talking about the market in which you want to compete, your unique value proposition, the capabilities you bring to the table. And let's say um, a Booz Allen, you know, they compete in X area and that you also compete in X area. Now, what are the capabilities that really are differentiating 
uh, you in the marketplace and how could they help Booz Allen when work? So no, I, I think, uh, again, it, it's always a good, good uh, strategy to reach out early. You don't want to wait until that solicitation hits the street um, to, to do that. So no, I think that's good. As long as you're going in with a plan uh, about you know, what market and, and how that team could work for both sides, I think that's a, 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 good, a good conversation to have. And, and frankly, any business development person worth their salt, whether you're, they're at a small or large, um, you know, if they see a, a good narrative like that, are going to take the meeting and uh, have that discussion. Yeah. And, and we had interviewed uh, a guy a few weeks ago and he he's sold, I think, somewhere in the neighborhood of $30 billion in government contracts. Great interview on some of the big companies and what they look for. And the comment I walked away from that interview was, if you've got ideas on how we can win that we haven't thought of, we're going to take the meeting. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. We, yeah. we, we want to know. You know. We need ideas on how to win more stuff. Um, you know, it, it, and it's, it's a great place to be in as a small business. So, so, so let's talk some more, um, just briefly about other action steps people can take on forming great teaming partnerships. What are, what are some, some things they can be doing to make that a fruitful relationship? Sure. So, so one of the things that I recommend is to, for a business development team to come together and have a strategy session. So what I would recommend is um, set up a four-hour block of time with your core business development team for, for a real hands-on working session. Um, and ask each of the team members to identify a specific problem with the company's existing approach to teaming and their proposed solution. So ideally, they do this homework before they come to the meeting with some thoughts on this. What you want to do also is review that business strategy. So where are we competing in the marketplace? How are we competing? And how is our value proposition uh, stack up? And what are our differentiators? So really need to ground ourselves in that 40,000 foot level of, hey, we want to be known for doing great uh, nuclear engineering work for the Navy and Department of Energy or whatever it might be. Uh, you also want to, at this point, sort of analyze your sales pipeline and, and think about you know, what are the departments and agencies that are really our top prospects for driving top line growth? Um, what are the contracts that are going to have the potential, greatest potential return on investment? And what's the probability win of winning and, and why? Um, and then you really want to square that with how could teaming partners sort of accelerate and increase the likelihood of us winning that work. Um, so if, if, if you get the business development team to kind of sit down and think through this um, step by step, um, thinking about the strategy, then thinking at the contract level, and then thinking, you know, what would be the impact of having a great teaming partner, increasing our probability of win, uh, and then also really just focusing. So I'm a big believer that good strategy is really about focus, and it's more about the two, three, maybe four things you're going to do. And it's really the challenge in good strategy is kind of prioritizing because there's always 25 or 30 things you want to do, but you got to focus on the highest impact. So, so this also kind of goes back to that mantra of you don't want the shotgun approach to business development where you're just bidding on everything. So this strategy session will help you think about your top opportunities and then also think about, geez, how can teaming really become a competitive advantage for us in the marketplace? But, but that's key. If you 
sit down for four hours and have a working session where you roll up the sleeves and you talk about some of these big issues. That's really going to be helpful for the company in terms of clarifying, A, their business strategy, and B, how does teaming enable that? It sounds very simple, um, but it doesn't happen too often. And when it does, it can really be uh, a clarifying moment. Yeah, you know, I, I can tell just from a little bit of conversation with you what a strategic thinker you are and how you approach things, but also the simplicity behind it. And and I really like the strategy you just laid out there for folks because, again, I say this all the time, and if you're a regular listener to the show, I may be beating a dead horse, but I'm going to beat it anyway. It sounds simple, but are you doing it? Right. You know, that's, yeah. that's the thing, you know, people always tell me, oh, it's so easy to lose weight. OK, then why are you 250 pounds? Right. You know, oh, it's so easy to fill in the blank. Well, OK, then why aren't you doing that? Because if you would do that, I guarantee it would work. And I, I think some people take a look at a strategy like you just outlined and say, well, it's just too simple. I don't know the value I'm going to get out of that. And they blow it off. And I, I sat down, you know, when, when I just heard it, I thought. There's a lot of magic behind that. We actually, last week, uh, Josh and I did an offsite where we asked some very simple, basic questions. We got a hotel suite to, to work out of. We got one of those you know, big whiteboards, you know, the flip chart whiteboard things. Yep. Um, and just having markers in your hand and, and writing answers to very simple questions at an offsite results in some of the best thinking you've ever done in your business. I mean, I recommend it a couple of times a year, two, three times a year to do some offsite strategic planning and thinking and asking simple questions like this. Because again, I think a lot of people heard what you said and the really smart folks was like, wow, that was brilliant. And other folks were really skeptical and thought, I don't know how that's going to work. And I'm here to tell you it works. I mean, that's it's brilliant stuff, but it takes discipline to execute it and follow through and take it seriously, I think it can be one of the most impactful things people can ever do in their business. So, so Abs- great advice. Thank you. Absolutely. And when you when you, you step back, I mean, we're all glued to our phones, our email. So if you set aside a four-hour block of time with some bright folks who are focused on, on you know, very specific issues, it really can be eye-opening, and it doesn't happen that much anymore. And that's the thing. It sort of it does sound so simple, but in the course of just daily operations, people don't set aside um, thinking time to really you know right, leverage right. their brain power to dissect these issues. Um, so yeah, it can be real powerful when you get a bunch of smart folks you know set sitting down and and going through these issues. And it's it's funny too when you know you'll be in some of these sessions. And you think there's, you know, the, the team thinks there's consensus on what their market, you know, positioning is, where they want to go. And, and, and that's not always the case. So, again, it has that added benefit of clarifying your strategy um, so you know where to put your resources. And, and then when you get to thinking about teaming, you, you know how to leverage that as a tool to, to make right. your business more successful. Right. No, absolutely. One more point on that that I think is really valuable is I love doing those off-site anytime you can. There's a lot of restaurants that have a back room that, hey, you know, buy everybody lunch and they'll let you use the back room or whatever. Uh, you don't have to go rent a hotel suite. But I, I think there is um, a level of comfort in an offsite that you don't get in the boardroom or in your sales director's office. Uh, where Yeah, absolutely. You know, where you, where you get in a restaurant and you're right. You know, people will say, well, I 
I thought our strategy was this. And Bob will say, no, I, I don't think that's our strategy. And Susie's like, uh, yeah, it is. And, right. and you're like, oh, wow. Right. <laughs> and, and, and nobody wants to contradict the boss while he's behind his desk. Right. So, right. so, and, or even in the boardroom. So, so a restaurant lunch in a private room is a great place to do something like that. And so I, I, great, great advice there. Before we get off here, I don't want to leave without folks learning more about what you do over at GovBizConnect. Gov so tell us a little bit more about the business. What is GovBizConnect and why'd you start it? GovBizConnect, it really goes back to my time working in business development. And um, again, part of my job was to find teaming partners. And I, I was kind of trying to build business in a few different markets. I was working on a big contractor, so that's pretty common. And I was just, I was very surprised that there wasn't a central repository or a great database to, to really find the teaming partners that you needed. And I worked for a couple big companies and thought that they'd have master databases, and, and that didn't really turn out to be the case. So in that experience, I saw the very, very positive and major upside of great teaming partners. And then I also lived through some of the agony of not-so-good teaming partners. And so that's what really inspired me to is try and bring data and technology to this, this, uh, this area. And when you think about it, you know, government contracting, um, you know, it's a bit an antiquated. Everybody's always talking about the acquisition legislation and the FAR, which is really obviously, you know, critical. But when it comes to digital adoption and innovation, contracting the actual process, the, there's not a lot of innovation there. So that's what we're trying to do is really fundamentally change the teaming process and system and make it much more efficient for companies. So essentially, GovBizConnect, uh, as I mentioned earlier, it's an online professional network, um, business to business. Uh, users set up profiles and, and they build out those profiles with um, their company capabilities, certifications, past performance, um, talent, uh, a whole host of criteria from social and corporate responsibility, really kind of run the gamut of, of what makes up a company from what it is they do and perform for their customers and, and, and also getting at that cultural piece as well. Um, so companies build their profiles and um, they can then search for each other and then connect um, and uh, start that dialogue. So we really see ourselves as sort of that first step there of help, uh, helping to fit, filter out uh, that universe of potential teaming partners because it's so vast. Um, but what BizConnect does is enables you to get pretty granular on your searches. So if you're looking for sort of that complicated requirement I mentioned earlier, you know, you'll be able to find that. Um, so we uh, launched uh, last year, uh, first version uh, was free, and uh, we've got about 400 companies from uh, across the United States on there. We also do have some government contracting officers on there as well because as I was thinking about this, I was talking to some contracting officers and, and they're in the same boat too sometimes of, you know, they have a piece of work that's going to be set aside and, uh, you know, they have sort of the usual suspects that they go to, to, to route the proposal to when it's a, a small business set aside, but they'd like to open up the aperture and kind of see really what's out there and do a better marketplace, um, scan. So, uh, it's an exciting time for us now though. We've gotten a lot of great feedback over the last year and we're in, in the process of building out version two, which is going to go live uh, later this fall, and it's going to have a much better user interface, 
more profiles, more powerful search. We've really taken the feedback that we've gotten the last year to really improve the, the product and make it stronger. Um, and we think that's, that's really important. And we're really excited about this next iteration that's coming out here uh, in, in a couple of months. Uh, well, that sounds awesome. And, you know, the, I just love the idea of making teaming easier for contractors. So I, I think this is going to be a great tool for making teaming easier for contractors. So this has all been really great stuff, Tom. Do you have any final thoughts for our listeners? Yeah, so just a, kind of a couple of takeaways. Um, teaming really, as I mentioned earlier, needs to be thought of as business strategy. It, it can't be an afterthought. Uh, or else you, you get the company into trouble, you, you get into bad teaming relationships and that reputational damage. If, if a business development team really thinks of teaming as part of its core business strategy, um, their chances of being successful and getting in more fruitful partnerships, much more likely. And a partner is really a strategic ally who can help you grow your business. And so the great companies you know, understand this and hardwire into their corporate culture. And if your company hasn't been so great at teaming up till this point, you know that's okay. Get your uh, business development team together, have that strategy session, and then tomorrow's a new day, uh, and you can write the ship. And you know, I, I really do think. I mean, teaming can be a tremendous competitive advantage in the marketplace, or it can be a, an Achilles heel. And it really it comes down to the leadership and 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 what what emphasis or priority they place on it. Right. Well, that's that's really smart stuff. And again, it's one of those things of of how important is teaming to you? What is your strategy for approaching it? What's the value you do you provide to the teaming partner? And ultimately, just how serious are you going to take this? You know, that it's just a huge thing. Uh, I do, you know, believe in the culture side. You mentioned that earlier. I think culture is super important, and finding a good culture fit is also great. I love that you mentioned that. Um, so. All really, really good stuff. Thank you so much for being on today. I look forward to having you on as a regular. I think we can talk teaming probably every episode, but <laughs> I think that would really, people would, would start to get bored with teaming every episode. Maybe not. I don't know. But I definitely want to talk teaming on a more regular basis because I think it's so important. So thank you again. I really appreciate you being here today. Yeah, sounds terrific. Thanks for having us. Look forward to talking in the future. Oh, you're very welcome. So I also want to thank all of our listeners for joining us today on this episode. Remember, you can find every episode on iTunes. Just look for Game Changers for Government Contractors and subscribe to the feed to make sure you get every episode. You can also learn more about each of our guests by visiting the official Game Changers website at rsmfederal.com forward slash Game Changers, where we have links to their websites and contact information and things like that. And last Last but not least, please visit our sponsor for today's episode, the Federal Access Program at rsmfederal.com forward slash FA for more information on how you can find and win more government contracts. Thanks for listening to Game Changers for Government Contractors. For a full list of episodes and other resources, be sure and check us out on the web at www.rsmfederal.com slash Game Changers.